Some women get burned by the fire and some women rise from it. Welcome to the Born to Rise Society podcast with Laura Sanzo, where goddesses come to rise and go from survivor mode to creation mode. Are you ready, goddess? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Born to Rise Society podcast. I am your host, Laura Sanzo. I'm so excited to be sitting down with my first male guest. <laughs> He's not just any male guest as well. His name is Neil Logic Donaldson. He's the founder of Stolen from Africa, a visionary leader, youth mentor, artist, podcaster, and author. So welcome, Neil. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel very privileged to be in this um, sacred space that you've created for women and me being the first uh, male representation. So thank you for having me. So I want to start first with Stolen from Africa and the work that you do. And so if you could just let us know a little bit about what it is, where it originated from, where it came from. Your mission, your mission for it and your vision for it, especially going into, or we will be, when this will be aired, will be a new year. So for 2021. For sure. Um, yeah. So Stolen from Africa, um, we started this in about 2004. Um, and I think the origin begins like, um, well, way before 2004. I think it just starts off with just me being um, a, a black male being born and raised in Toronto of Jamaican parents, Jamaican descent. So I'm like first generation Canadian um, being, you know, growing up like in the 80s, um, you know, I guess like my experiences were like I was made to feel that I wasn't fully Canadian, you know, so it was always like, where are you really from? Like me just saying I'm Canadian was never good enough, you know, and um, so I, I think like it starts from from back there in the context of like really trying to understand like my place in society and what is my history? How come I'm not being taught this in schools? Like everything around me doesn't really reflect that. So there's a lot of like searching and questioning. And then on top of just the experiences, you know, like always, you know, um, again, being questioning of my existence in different ways and stuff. So I think like, you know, the beginning of Stolen from Africa um, started from like from my younger ages, my, my younger years and um, moved forward um towards when i started doing music so music began in about um when i was about like 15 16 or so and that was kind of like a second wave of my like trying to self-discover myself you know um music was it's kind of like an audio diary for me and in my music like you know it was really um driven by like social issues and just like reflections and stuff like that and um it got to a point where you know, like music was was just like my my way of of educating um, myself and, and my my whole community and whatnot. Um, then fast forward, um, when I got to um, the university level, um, I started learning more about my culture, like you know, colonization and just like the history in Jamaica and Africa outside of slavery. And the information that I was learning um, at university, I infused that in my music. And with um, a lot of my peers, we, we thought that it would be kind of cool to have like shirts that just say Stolen from Africa as like a uniform for our, our music. Um, and then within that, we started realizing that the shirts in itself were starting conversations. People started asking like, well, what does that mean? And and where's it come from? And and we, we started realizing that this was like a movement. It started conversations that normally weren't happening and it was actually bringing people together. I mean, there was a lot of conversations that were, you know, controversial, but, but essentially we realized that through conversations um, we can create understanding and then through understanding, we can create more of a community, which I think is something that we all as human beings want to experience. So, um, so that's like kind of the foundations of, of Stolen from Africa, like really starting in, in music, really starting from like the, the curiosity of, of wanting to understand these missing pieces. Like, you know, we were having these experiences, but we're not connecting the dots as to like what's happening. And it was really just like the search for truth. So, so with that, um, that led, to um, working in schools, um, we did like um, a performance for this uh, youth leadership graduation back in 2006. And at the time, um, David Miller, um, he was the mayor at the time, you know, shout out David Miller, really, really cool guy, supportive. He really saw our message and the way how it resonated with the young people that we were um, presenting for. And he really wrote us like this like amazing letter, um, support letter saying that, you know, we were using this combination of like art and education to like motivate and empower youth not just black youth, but all youth really, you know, um, because again, like our whole foundation is about like knowing ourselves and, and knowing how we connect with each other. Right. So, um, so after that, like that just kind of like, you know, opened the door for us to be in schools. And then we started doing, you know, little projects, um, little presentations and and assemblies. And then that later on led to um, getting an official uh, partnership with the school board. So now we have programming that's 
infused during school hours and stuff. So that's kind of like the, the short end of it. But um, just to answer your question about our mission, um, the, the mission is really like humanity. It's really about self-discovery, um, knowledge of self, living in balance and harmony. And, you know, just really, you know, living like a fulfilling life, you know, that that's really what we're about, you know, um, so and we do that in many ways. So like we have like the clothing, we have like music, community outreach, performances, documentaries. Um, yeah, you guys even like aside from the work that you do, you guys were such ahead of your time and such visionaries because yeah. like now branding is like such a huge thing. Like now it's like if you don't have a brand, then you're just going to fall behind. And you guys like so built this true. brand even before without even really knowing it like it kind of happened by accident really you know um you know and then just really knowing that yeah branding is 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 what connects people they just helps people remember like your your philosophy your ideas and stuff like that so even in our logo as you can see right here like you know it's africa but then we have like the lion head you know like the mouse so there's a lot of symbolism with the with the lion and what they represent and and you know um just continuing that that image you know so yeah it, it's so yeah fascinating very fascinating it's amazing okay so I, what i thought I would, we would do today is i'm just gonna throw out some because we've had a couple it's just to give everybody listening a little backstory like neil and i have had like a few conversations yeah. and what really what led us here to today was like every time we have a conversation i'm like you know women need to hear a man talk about this <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right like different things that we've that we've spoken about so sure. i'm just gonna like randomly just like put out things and then we can both kind of like just mm-hmm. speak to where it is in our lives and what it means in our experience and that kind of thing yeah let's do it okay ready Yes. Okay. Balancing feminine and masculine energies. Mm. When I think of like balancing masculine and feminine energy, I, I, I think of like this like outer perception and then like inner perception. Like when I think of like masculine energy, it's like, it's like the force that like pushes us forward. You know, that's um, that spark that gets us going, you know, it's like, okay, I got to go do this. I got to like execute and, you know, accomplish and, and, you know, really like push that forward. And, and that comes with a certain mentality. You know what I mean? It's, um, you know, it's, it's progressive, can be aggressive. Um, you know, it's um, very like practical, logical and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, when I think of like the feminine energy, it's more of like, like intuition and, you know, really um, being, being present and observing and kind of seeing how everything kind of like connects. And I know for me, like when, you know, I was in period when I wasn't really focused on like balancing like my the masculine feminine energy within myself. Um, I, I noticed that was more like ego driven, you know, mm-hmm. like that was just like my, my thing. So everything was really about like me and my desires and, you know, um, like what can I get out of this as opposed to what can I contribute? You know, when I think of like feminine energy, it's it, to me, it represents like the the, the nurturer. It's like how would I explain it? It's kind of like, okay, it's like masculine energy represents like building a house and then feminine energy represents making that house a home, right? So it, that, that's how I, it, it goes hand in hand. Like you really need need both, right? You know, so um, that's kind of what comes to mind, yeah. So as a male, how do you, how do you balance that? Because, you know, when a lot of people think of males, they think of like these like, you know, very masculine energies, like all about the yeah. hustle and, and the grind and yeah. the goal setting and the numbers and and that aspect of it. So as a male... Because I know as a female, how we balance that, right? So as a male, where like society kind of expects you to be that kind of like masculine mm-hmm. energy all the time. Yeah. So as a male, how do you how do you balance that? What are some of the practices? Yeah. So, you know, when it comes to like, like having that balance, I think a lot of it just comes with like age too. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. go through certain things and, you know, certain ways of being that are just not producing the results that you want. It's like, okay, I want to do this, but it's not getting it. And you know, after a while you're like, okay, I got to figure out a change within myself. Like it's not a change that happens outside of myself. Like, you know, it's like you made me upset. And it's like, no, no, no. I got to figure out why I was triggered and why did I respond in that way? As opposed to, you know, just like looking externally, it's a lot of internal stuff. So that being said, things that I do is a lot of like self-reflection, you know, like, um, I don't know if it's because like I'm a Virgo and like, you know, Aquarius rising or something that my, my brain is always like thinking. And, you know, I spend a lot of time like in, in thoughts and just really trying to like, you know, like, how can I like improve myself? How, what can I learn to like make my experience, you know, um, you know, in, in more, more in, in harmony, you know? So I think it, it just really starts with like a, a desire to want to have balance to, to recognize that, okay, there's a way that I'm being right now. And it's, it's not balanced. It's creating certain results and problems and things that, you know, um, I, I don't really need in my life, you know? And, and I think it really just starts with um, figuring out, 
ourselves, internal work. And that's hard to do, right? Especially oftentimes people have like a victim mindset. So it's like, you know, everything that's happened to me is because of somebody else and not really looking at the roles and and positions that I played, what I've I've allowed. And and I know we're probably getting to boundaries and stuff like that. and, And really just you know, getting that, you know, and I think having that balance between masculine and, and feminine is also, is also being aware of what you, what you want in your life and what you don't want, you know, because mm-hmm. oftentimes we kind of go through life and it's just by, by chance and just whatever, just go with the flow. But I think it's important to be very intentional. And, and I think like when, when I feel the most intentional with what I'm doing, that's when I feel the most balanced because mm-hmm. I know I'm, I'm being authentic. I, I know I'm speaking my truth. I'm standing in my truth and and, and it's there. So you talk a lot about on your on your social media about inner child work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. As a female, I don't really hear a lot of males talk about inner child work, and inner child work is so so yeah. so powerful. I actually don't hear a lot of people talk about inner child work and really going back to their inner child. And so, what does that look like for you? Yeah, um, I can't remember when I was first brought this whole concept of like inner child work. You know, it, it really resonated with me, man, because. Um, I, you know, started hearing about, you know, the experiences that, that we, we go through as a child really shape our, our views and, our, and the way how we move through life. So, you know, that could be relationships with parents, like, you know, the, the type of love that we receive, the type of care and nurture, you know, were we supported? You know, as, as a kid, I know that I was um, very inquisitive, very like outspoken and whatnot, but I come from a generation where children are supposed to be like seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. So that had impact, you know, also coming from like a Caribbean household where discipline looks more physical, you know? So I know as a kid, like I was a very sensitive child and I didn't like that, that kind of, kind of discipline. There was like experiences where there's a period of time where I was like staying with my grandmother, for example, and my mom was away for several months and I didn't really know why that had kind of like impact, which I realized that that kind of connected to like Mm -hmm. a feeling of like abandonment, you know? And I didn't know that I had that, you know, which kind of prevented me from wanting to get close to people. I was going to say showed up in relationships. Definitely. Of course it did. Most definitely. Right. So it's like, I have this ability to, to connect, but this like closeness and just to be like fully open and and fully vulnerable. That was always like a, a challenge. And I didn't realize until the inner child piece you know, and then there's a few other incidences that like I saw show um, show up in my life that connected back to like childhood experiences that shaped my views. And, you know, and especially when it comes to ma- things that we've done as a, as a child and that we were made to feel that we did something wrong. Right. So you did something and you were like, you're bad. And then those words, especially if it's coming from like a parent or someone that you care for and love, because these are like our first yeah. loves as we grow as, as parents, as, as children. And if it's seen as like you, there's something wrong with you or or why can't you be like your your brother? You know what I mean? Like and, and these kinds of comparisons to be hold on to it and to feel like I am bad. I am. This is who I am, as opposed to this is part of my journey. Right. So so those were like major like revelation um, things for me. And so a, a way for, for that I have worked on on healing that and working with that um, was an exercise that um, I was shown and it was really about looking at myself now and then connecting back to that inner child of whatever age that trauma or experience has happened, you know? So for me, it was about five or six years old. And to go back to that child and, you know, really ask that child, like, what does this child need, you know, to feel mm-hmm. safe and, and whatnot? And when I started, you know, kind of going into that space, I closed my eyes and really visualizing my inner child and what was going on. Like, how did I feel in those moments? And I felt scared. I felt alone. I felt like there was something wrong with me. So I literally had to like go in and me as my, my older self, like talking to my, my, my younger self and just, you know, affirming and, re- and reassuring that, hey, like, it's okay. Come give me a hug. Like, I'm here for you. You're not by yourself. I'm always here. You're always enough. And that was like a, a really major um, breakthrough for me just to know that I, I, I can do that because the person that I was looking for was really myself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, so that was, um, you know, kind of like my like introduction to like, you know, inner child work. And then, you know, that led to other like, you know, spiritual, um, you know, paths and just understandings, you know, because then, you know, like I said, like this is separating from like the victim mindset into really doing the work, you know what I mean? So this yeah. aligns with like, you know, the shadow work and, and working with all the non-desirable aspects of ourselves that we want to blame everybody else for to be like, you made me do this and you don't understand me and, you know, and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. So it, it really showed me that I have to do the work. And then also simultaneously while I was working on myself, I started looking at people differently now. I started realizing that, hold on, everybody is going through this, whether they know it or not. Right, attracting different people too. Most definitely. I attract all different kinds of energies. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
You got to know the difference, though. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Oh, so parenthood. So parenthood. You had said one of your primary objectives as a parent is to deliberately provide your kids with positive childhood memories they can fall back on. And then you oh. said you'll expand more on a podcast. So maybe this will be this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, like, you know, this again, this goes back to like, you know, the, the childhood, the inner child and childhood experiences and memories and stuff like that. Um, I read this book called 52 Things Your Child Need, a Child Needs From from Their Father. Can't remember the author right now, but it was it was a book that I, I was I was at I was in Atlanta and I was at the airport and for some reason this book just stood out to me and I was like, oh that's right about my, my, my lane because I was just becoming a father actually. So when I saw that, I was like, this is perfect. And in there, in that book, it was, um, it's kind of written with like this, like Christian kind of tone though. But, um, there's a lot of like really practical stuff that resonated with me. And then, and the one part that really stuck out was the cre- creation of memories and really about, you know, when it comes to like children, one of the most valuable things that you can provide is your time. You know, it's not about like gifts and whatnot. It's really just being there with them, experiencing the world as they experience it. So the example that was used in this book was, you know, um, a father was driving with their daughter um, in the backseat and, you know, they're going to work or whatever, and they're late and stuff like that. And then, um, you know, they got out of the car and, and the, the daughter wanted to like, you know, stop and see some, I don't know, like a caterpillar or like crawling on, on the road or whatever the case. And the father was getting upset and frustrated. And then he just kind of took this breath and just realized, okay, let me just enjoy this moment here and, and be present with it. And, and, embracing that 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 time and that care because this is what was important to to the daughter and was later revealed that 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 was like a memory that she's always like held on to so simple you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but 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 it was something that 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 this daughter like held on to for her entire life and always went back to that that place of of comfort and, and warmth and just remembering you know um that 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 moment you know and and so when when i heard that like it it really struck a bell because, you know, I started thinking about my own childhood experiences and just like the memories that meant the most to me. And it was really just time. Like, you know, sometimes it was like, I'm with my, my parents and we got stuck in a rainstorm. So we got soaking wet and my shoes are wet. It was crazy in the moment. But then we look back and it was like, oh, it was kind of hilarious. And it was a moment that we shared and that didn't require any money, but it was just being present in the moment and, and showing value, you know? Um, and especially when it comes to children, it's important as adults that we try our best to see the world through their eyes. You know, often we're like, okay, well, kids got to do this and be quiet and sit in the corner and whatnot, but that's not how, how they are. Like, you know, they're, they're untainted by the world and, and they're, they want to explore and, and see things. And, and for me, like, you know, seeing my kids and how they're just so inquisitive on things and ask a lot of questions and want to explore, um, help me reconnect with my inner child as well and gave yeah. me permission to, to be free and not to be so much like as an adult, <laughs> you know, where things are so serious and it's like, no, like life should be playful as well and, and to be explored and, and to be experienced. Yeah. I think that's such a, such a good reminder for everyone, like just to just be in the moment, regardless if you have kids yeah. or not, like we just live in this society where we're just always on the go. And it's like, oh sometimes we even forget to like, we're breathing for the sake of like having life, but we're not actually like focusing on our breath and like gratitude Absolutely. in the moment. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So dating, yeah, definitely. Dating in the digital age. Dating in a digital age. <laughs> yes. Man, what does that come to mind? Um, well, I'm, I'm already in, in a relationship, so I'm not in the um, like world of, um, you know, digital dating, but I definitely dabble and I have, you know, experience in that. And it's, it's kind of hectic. I think there's just so much out there, you know what I mean? That um, it, it could be overwhelming, but then again, like when I think about like my personality and like how I would approach like digital dating, that would be through like a lot of like conversations. So if I was in, in that in that space, um, you know, I would whatever, like reach out to people and, and have conversations. You know, I'm really getting to understand their 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 being, like who they are, like, you know, like what they're about, their philosophy, um, values, you know, like like things that are important to them as opposed to, hey, man, like you're a pretty girl. Like, let's go for a couple drinks and you're sexy. And <laughs> like that, that that's not like the approach for me. Like, you know, um, I, I don't I don't think that that works. I mean, it may work for some people, but I prefer depth and, and stuff like that. So I think a lot of conversations and in those conversations, you'll be able to differentiate who you actually want to give your time to. You know what I mean? Because right. um, I, I think from from a, a guy's perspective, it's like, you know, you're 
dating in a digital age, you're on a dating app or whatever, you'll probably reach out to like, let's say 30 people or whatever, you know, and then out of that 30, there's like maybe like 10 people that you actually like resonate with. And then out of that 10, there's probably like five that you actually want to meet. And then, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's a lot of work, <laughs> but, um, but I think like my, my best, like, you know, um, advice that I can give would be, you know, to take your time with it. You know, sometimes the digital age is like this fast food thing where it's like, oh, yeah. so-and-so, oh, this women didn't put out so that she's not cool or whatever. And, or, or this and that. And it's just like one little argument, it's like, we're done, but it's like, I think to take time to really get to know somebody, um, I think is extremely important. But then again, it's, it's really intentions because if the fast food world is, is your vibe, then hey, you know, it is what it is. But I think it's knowing your intentions and, um, and moving at, at a pace that's comfortable for you. So any woman that's going to listen to this, just the best advice is just keep sorting. <laughs> conversations you know like really ask ask questions i mean you can go online and ask like what are like 50 questions to ask on a day i mean obviously you wouldn't like give a list but in the conversations you would let it flow in a way so it doesn't feel like an interrogation but you know there there, there are certain questions you know um that that i think you know are important to ask them other than you know like um things about sex or (laughs) you know like um things of that nature you know what i mean which will obviously come but like I, I think to, to have a more meaningful and, and um, connections of value, you know, you, you got to take some time. Yeah. And I, I for any, everyone's benefit, really, I think, you know, the age COVID has really brought out people's value. So it's much easier to see people's values oh, yeah. without oh, having yeah. to like really Very dig true. into conversation and get to know them really well. What did the 2020 year do to the Black Lives Matter movement? Mm. I think um, not just the Black Lives matter movement but just like a lot of movements that have been moving on that same frequency of just simply equality you know really just um bringing about humanity just reminding everybody that every human being has the right to exist and the right to be valued you know we're all part of this like collective consciousness and we all are contributing what we can um we lived in a time where things were not balanced you know mean strong masculine energy you know the destructive that's taken over colonizing and all that and now we're we're moving towards more of like the feminine energy you know people are talking about the age of aquarius and and you know bringing in more of this like authentic connection you know because we we've gone through that we've gone to this like energy that's just feels like there's something missing like it's just not real you know like it's something that's been imposed onto us as opposed to this like natural flow so i think you know, what it has done is definitely amplified the vibration, the the, the messages, created um, a greater awareness. I mean, there's always been awareness, but I think this there's been a, a real genuine, like, sense of, like, empathy and, and compassion along amongst the larger, like, human uh, family, people who who finally got it, you know, it's like, I think it's like people always heard about it, understood it intellectually, but now it's more like, like, heart-centered and heartfelt. It's like, okay, hold on. Like, we have to do something about this, you know what I mean? And and um, it, it's been beautiful. And that energy has um, pretty much like, you know, has been continuing till now. And, and I definitely want to see that um, continue forward because when, once we understand that it's really about humanity and, and that everybody has like the, the right to exist and, and to be valued and to have, you know, opportunities that can help them become their full potential, that can only benefit everybody, you know? So it's, um, it's one of those things where you, you give that energy and then, then you also like receive it. And I'm a, a true testament to that vibe, so... Well, this is it. We're only going to raise the the, uh, the energy and the frequency of the world by love, really. Like hate is only going to just bring us further apart. So I love that. Absolutely. Being authentic. I feel like it's a word that's just kind of thrown around. And it's like, what is that? You know, I think it yeah. means something different to everybody. For sure. Being authentic mean, for me means that I am enough. Like what I bring to the table and when I speak my truth, it's it's enough. You know, I'm... Um, being authentic for me means that um, I, I'm speaking from from my truth outside of um, you know people's perspectives or, or opinions or, or how they perceive me. You know, it's um, I'm grounded myself. I'm unwavering. You know, so um, when when I feel authentic, like I feel balanced. Mm-hmm. You know, I I feel like I'm I'm standing in in my truth. I, I feel that um, there's just like a, a sense of knowing, a sense of freedom. You know, um, there's a sense that I don't have to put on a mask and, and pretend to be something that I'm not to accommodate a, a situation or, or a scenario. Like uh, when, when I think about like the work that I do, like I feel the very authentic. So like, you know, if I'm going to a school and I'm having like a meeting um, with a principal, superintendent, trustee, and I feel like going to that meeting in, in a tracksuit, you know what I mean? Like 
like to me, like that, that's authentic, you know, um, like I, I, I know that whatever I bring to the table is still going to be enough. I know that they're still going to see me as, as, as an equal, as um, someone who, who's an educator, who's an intellect, um, regardless of, of what I look like. I'm, I'm just like, hey, I want to wear a tracksuit because it's comfortable. That's authentic to me. You know, I didn't feel like wearing a suit today, so I'm not going to compromise myself. Yeah, I love that. Know? So, yeah. <laughs> Vulnerability, you know, especially in the time of like social media for as a female, like there's so much pressure to like always show up yeah. perfect and like, like everything's okay. There's nothing wrong. Like. You know what I mean? So I can't even imagine the pressure as a male to always show up like there's nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, going on in your household or everything's like life is perfect and not showing that vulnerable side. Yeah, vulnerability is, you know, I've been really thinking about that a lot lately. I'm like, well, how does someone get into a place to be vulnerable? You know, and and I think there's like vulnerable that could be created out of fear. But I think the best way is um, vulnerable vulnerability out of love and how how to create vulnerability out of love. I feel, you know, one has to be safe. You know, you have to feel feel safe, safe from from judgment, safe from like, you know, it's like if we're talking like relationship standpoint, like if I'm with my partner, I'm being like honest about like, say, you know, things that are important to me that I, I may feel that may be something that she's not ready to hear. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's, it's knowing that, okay, like I know that there, I'm in this container of love and safety that even if it may not be to her liking or desire, I know that that love is, is, is there and she will understand me. You know what I mean? Um, and knowing that we can speak about anything, um, regardless of what it is. So, you know, so the question is like, how does one create like safety, you know, to create a vulnerability? I think for me, like when, when I think about the times I've been vulnerable and a lot of it's through conversation, you know, um, also the environment, like, you know, whether sitting in a park or, you know, at home or whatever the case, but it's usually through, through conversation and, and just, um, I'm trying to try to really think like, like how I'm going to make it like plain, you know, vulnerability also includes like being honest with yourself as well. Mm-hmm. That's like a major thing too. So it's like, you know, to feel, to feel safe and to know that whatever I say, I know that I'm in a container of unconditional love. My partner, my significant person loves me, cares for me. She may be upset, but, you know, she'll appreciate the truth more than like a lie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, so that being said, it's like, it's um, the person, you know, you, you have to, you know, come to a place of being honest, like with yourself. So I think that connects back to what we're talking about before, like the inner child work and all those things, those things help that the path to become vulnerable and also being open to just talk about your emotions and how you feel like, you know, um, I, I know like with my youth group, um, we, we do practice vulnerability and how that has been created was before we even start our program, we always do check-ins. So we ask like, you know, we literally go around in a circle and ask people how they're feeling on a scale from one to 10, like one being shitty, 10 being amazing. And you'd be surprised on what comes out of that conversation. You know, we're so conditioned to feel that, okay. Um, when someone asks me how I'm doing, I just say, I'm fine. And then that's it. But it's like in here, we, we, we pause. We're just like, no, but really, how are you though? Well, actually I got in an argument with my girl or, or like my mom is not doing so well and this and that. And, you know, really giving space to hear people, that's what gives them that, that, that permission to be, to be vulnerable and to open up and to be like, yeah, you know what? Like this happened to me when I was a child or this experience really just threw me off and that's why I'm this way. And then from there, um, you know, I think once you have a space of vulnerability, then that's when like real deep intimacy like flourishes like for real. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. Cause then you'll just bring that into like every relationship that you have, whether it's a personal relationship or a professional relationship. And I love what you said about, yeah. yeah, And I love what you said about being vulnerable with yourself. Like I have a friend, for example, that yesterday we were talking, she said that for December, she's not showing up on social media. She just doesn't feel it. Yeah. Right. And I I think that's so powerful because we all, we all hold so much pressure to like, just it keep is. showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up. So it takes a lot of courage to be able to be vulnerable and say like, I don't feel like showing up this month. That's authentic right there. You yeah. Know, exactly. That's, like, you know, like vulnerability, authenticity are definitely interconnected. And, and for me, that's beautiful. Like, you know, there's times again, where I'll do like workshops and stuff and I'll be having a bad day, you know, like yeah. part of me will be like, man, I should just call in sick or whatever, but I'm like, no, I'm just going to show up and just use this as a teaching moment. Be like, Hey guys, I'm not on point today. So if I'm a little snappy, just bear yeah. with me, but we're going to get through it. Okay, so I want to, we've talked about this prior in our conversation, self-love and self-care. Like it's, it's so norm for women to like talk about what they're doing for their self-care, self-care Sundays. And it's very like branded, but you know, it's, it's very rare to, for a male to talk about 
things mm-hmm. that we've talked about, like the lavender essential oil. <laughs> I know I was going to brought that yeah. up. <laughs> hey, man, I have no problem. Like lavender is great. You know, uh, I love my essential oils. You know, I take baths like, you know, it, it, it's it's what it is. I mean, that's part of my self-care. But, but you know, from, from a male perspective, like my self-care is also like going skating, going, going running. Yeah. I'm sure if I was into video games, I'd be playing video games, you know, like that, that is a form of self-care, you know what I mean? Because it's something that you do to make yourself feel happy. Right. I think for me, like my, my self-care is more along the lines of like, like mind, body, soul, you know, not just something just, just to do, you know what I mean? Um, It's, it's really about like healing and, and, and self-care is about for me going inward and being more in tune with, with, with myself, because I always want to be a master of myself. Like I don't ever Mm -hmm. want outside entities and forces to have like control or influence over me where I, I don't even know what I'm doing. All of a sudden I'm in this position. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I didn't even ask for this. Like, I always want to be like in tune with myself. So I find like, as, as I'm older now and like, I have, you know, two, two kids and I'm busy and whatnot. Like I have to like really advocate for my, my self care and, and really like carve out time for myself and, and really deliberately do that. Um, just for, for my, my balance and my just own like peace of mind, you know? And and yeah, like, you know, um, self-care also connects with like positive self-talk, you know, so often like we we're so hard on ourselves, you know, like the way how we speak to our to ourselves. And it's like, oh, you're so stupid. You did something. Why did you forget that? Like, oh, you did this and that. And like, and this is how we talk to ourselves. Like I always tell myself that I am loved. I am enough. You know what I mean? And, and I have everything that I need. You know, I, I always, you know, um, remind myself of that. When I get in those mindsets of just like, oh, things are not going to work, like, you know, going, going the way how, how it's supposed to be, or, or this person's smarter than me, and I shouldn't even be in this position, or why do I have these opportunities? I'm not qualified, or it's like, hold on, like, you are here for a reason. You yeah. are here on purpose, <laughs> you know, like, just the whole process of being, you know, born and being to where I'm at right now, like, you know, there, there's a reason why I'm here, and just to remind that I'm enough, and as long as I just show up, I'm, I'm there, you know, so that's what helps for me. I love that. And I love what you said about going in. And that really is the core of like self-care is to be able to go in. And I think that's why people have had such a hard time with COVID and the times that we live in, because we're so dependent on outside exterior things to make us happy and to make us feel safe. And that's why, you know, there's been so much disruption that people are all over the place because we don't know how to go in. Well, well, because that's what we're taught from, you know, this goes back to like child, you know, um, you know, from, from the things that, that, that we're seeing, you know, the way how, how love shows up, you know, look at Disney films, you know, like yeah. the, the, the prince and the princess <laughs> and like everything that we're, we're, we're conditioned is, is for like, you know, external, like consumerism, you know what I mean? Whether it's love or anything, just things. Yeah. And then forgetting that everything we need is within us, including God. Like we're looking for God, like in, in buildings and places and not realizing that we are a living form. So therefore like we are, are God, like every, you know, all these elements that exist within us as well. So that's why, like, you know, um, I think like a lot of conflict happens because we're seeking for these these things to bring balance in our lives externally when knowing that we have everything that we need with us. We always have had that, you know, so. Yeah. You start to talk about setting boundaries. Mm. Setting boundaries are, are so are so important. Um, I think when you have clear boundaries, it 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 minimizes like resentment. It, it minimizes like frustrations and, and anger and, and setting boundaries is also self-care. You know, sometimes saying no is self-care too, you know, um, we were so in a world, I know for me growing up, like being a people pleaser was like a big thing. It was hard for me to say no to people and always just be like accessible. And even though like, I feel like almost like I, I'm not even in control of my, my life in a way, because it's just so open. Like there are people don't know. It's like, okay, let's show up my door anytime they want, you know, come to me for this and that, you know, and just, just taking, 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 taking. But that's because that was the, the energy that I was giving, you know what yeah. I mean? So people didn't really understand that. It was like, oh, well, he's, he's good. Not realizing, low, I'm actually hurting inside. And, and they sort of realizing that, okay, um, I'm always going to be a given person. I, I get that. Cool. Now it's about like, how do I protect that? So I don't feel this like, animosity or or any kind of like you know frustrations within me resentments and whatnot where it's like i feel this you know so being vocal about your boundaries it's like you know being like okay you know what i'm not available on the weekends i'm with my kids you know so you can call me on on monday to friday between these hours those are my boundaries for that or if I'm like, you know, talking like with, with, with my partner, you know, like she may want to like hang out and, and stuff or whatever. And, you know, just be around me because, you know, that's what women are, you know, <laughs> it's, it's great. But, 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 but there's times where I'm just like, you no, know, with all due respect, like I don't want to see you today and I have to focus on this. So, so 
So, you know, um, you, whatever, like uh, Wednesdays, like that's my date. So I'm going to focus on myself, mm-hmm. you know, like my, my, my kids are, are with their, with their mom and I'm going to be, you know, in, in my zone focusing on, on what I do. And therefore me having my own space that, that allows me to be more present for you. So I don't feel like my time is being intruded on. And then that creates a whole different kind of energy. And then it's not like pleasurable as much as it would be. So now that my time is respected and whatnot, I can be fully present. So when it is time to hang out, it's like, oh, this is great. This is beautiful. I'm not like, oh, like I need, ugh, I need my time or my space or what have you. Right. So, um, yeah. I'm laughing because I think like every female that's going to listen to this needs to like rewind the last like five, six minutes and listen to it again and again and again, because there's so many women are going to listen and be like, oh, that's why he doesn't want to see me every single day. Or, you know what I mean? Like it's, and one other thing I was going to mention was that, um, we have said about, about giving and taking, because I, I know myself as well, I've, I've done this in my life. And I think a lot of women, you know, think, why do I always attract the same type of person? Right. Always like the takers and the people that even though it may not be directly, they're like, you know, taking in some form. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's really that they're not setting boundaries and they're giving out that energy. So that's what they're attracting. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think like we, we attract like the same kind of patterns. Um, I don't know if you want to call it karma or or lessons or whatever it is, but I, I think like, you know, certain things like repeats, um, so that we can get the lessons from them. And then to learn, because for me, like, I know my, my certain pattern, I know the type of people that I attract, but I'm aware of it now. So I see it. I'm like, oh, I've seen this spirit before. Okay. (laughs) I know what's going on here. I know how to handle you. Um, but before like, yeah, like you get frustrated. Like, I don't understand. And, and then I think like when it comes to relationships, we got to ask ourselves, why are we getting in the relationship? That's a very important question, Mm -hmm. um, to ask, you know, um, is it companionship? Is it like to, to, to feel loneliness? Is it because you're at a certain age and you want a kid or, or, or you need to be married? Like there's so many different variables as to like, why? And when I think of those things, for me, the first thing comes, but what I feel is it's like, it's almost like a reactionary, like, like mindset. So it's like, quick, I got to do this thing. And whatever, man, this guy looks great. He took me out for, you know, expensive dinner. So he must love me. And let me just hear. And then, and then especially you throw sex into it. Right. Because, you know, when the passion is there and, and whatnot, and then obviously for, for most women, and I've definitely been in this experience where that emotional bonds are starts being created and you're having your fun. And then it's like, well, like, where, what is this? Like, what, what's going on now? You know, like where, what, what, what does this mean? You know, like what, what happens? Where do we go from here? Does he love <laughs> and, me yet? He hasn't said yeah. I love me yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then for from a guy's perspective, it's like, whoa, like I, I thought we were good. Like, you know, we're having fun. Like, you know, and I thought like whatever I'm bringing to the table right now is good enough. Like we took you out for dinner. We went dancing. You know, we had a good night. Like, you know, you're, you're, everything's great. Like, what more do you want from me? <laughs> we attach, we attach. I'm like laughing because like all my 20s and 30s are just like coming right to like the surface. But it's like we attach so much meaning to everything. Like, are we seeing each other? Are we dating? Are we official? Right. Are we like exclusive? Like, there's so right. much. Like, and, oh my and that's why I, I feel like a lot of conversations are important before um, intimacy. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's not the way how it works most of the times. But I think like a lot of conversations to really understand, and then also to you know because. I see it as a difference between like connection and attachments, you know, and really knowing that and, and to also give the other person like permission to be exactly who they are. You know, sometimes you want to change people and people are always going to be who they are. All we can really do is create a scenario or a situation where, you know, that's, you know, is authentic and, and hopefully it's, it's something like meaningful that, that we all can, can agree upon, you know, but I think a lot of, you know, problems happen when we want to change people. And, and the truth is, is like the signs are already there. You know, sometimes we want to see them or not, but um, you know, it's about accepting people for, you know, who, who they are and then knowing what is that degree of involvement that, that we want to have. I want to ask you about meditation. You talk a lot about meditation. Meditation, I think is, you know, kind of takes a meaning for, for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your ideology of meditation? Cause for a lot of people, when they think of meditation, it's like sitting in a quiet like spot and just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. focusing on their breath and, and that whole, that whole picture of it, but it, it's different for everyone. So what's meditation to you? Meditation for me looks like just killing the noise in my brain. Like, you know, um, you know, sometimes I, I, I ask myself, like, are the thoughts that I'm thinking like mine, you know what I mean? Like, or are they coming from other influence? And maybe it's a billboard that I saw like walking by subconsciously or something. I don't know. We have so much information, so much things that are, that are coming to us. And it's just like busy. Um, meditation for me is like getting into this like stillness of just like connecting with, with, with myself 
and just really trying to like remember like who I am and like my, my inner voice and, and then paying attention to those things, you know? So meditation could be something like, you know, closing my eyes and then really focusing on my breath. And then as I focus on my breath, I start focusing on other parts of like my body, mm-hmm. you know, being really in tuned, you know, like being in tune with like the being that, I, that I'm at. And then um, really just like connecting with that. And then oftentimes like information starts coming, like different thoughts and, and themes and, and I don't know, people would call it like your higher self or, or whatever. Um, but like certain aspects of clarity would, would start coming. And it's just like a certain calming of just knowing again that I, I am enough, you know? So, so for me, like, like meditation looks like, like just a lot of like breathing and just like stillness, but meditation could also look like skating for me. Like skating is a yeah. major thing in my life. So, you know, I, I love skating at nighttime when nobody's around and that's meditation for me. Just like the sound of like the, 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 the ice cracking on my, the, the blade of my skate and, and me just, you know, just being in that freeing moment, you know? Um, so yeah. True Canadian. Absolutely. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about this and set, and set, um, setting boundaries. So energy, what are some of the ways you protect your energy? So you had talked about say no, which is huge. Protecting my energy, I'm being mindful of the people that I'm around. Like, you know, I'm often reminded of when I was like a teenager, you know, growing up in like hip hop culture and whatnot, it was cool to have like a whole group of friends, like, you know, like 20, 20 deep, 20 plus, just for no reason at all. And, and, and just like being around so much different people. And I realized that, you know, because for me, that was like a sense of belonging. That was like a sense of like connection or whatever. But then I started realizing that not everybody in this group shares the same values as me. Some people are involved in more street life than I was not. So I was not the street guy. And then their lifestyle and influences was kind of not, not rubbing off on me, but some of the impact and repercussions of how they were living was now because I'm affiliated, um, yeah. was, was trickling over into to me where I'm like, hey, man, I'm not even part of this. Like, what, what's, what's going on? And and, and I started realizing that um, I was also attracting a lot of different kinds of energy because people always felt safe around me and felt connected and wanted to be drawn to me, which for someone like me, it was cool because like I was never, to me, I was never seen as like the popular kid in, in, in school, but people always liked me. They always, you know, around me. So I, I enjoyed that, you know, because part of me, I, I enjoyed being by myself and whatever, but when I was around people, it was great. But I started really paying attention to the type of people I was attracting and realizing that, I feel, why do I feel drained when I'm around this person? Or why do I feel inspired when I'm with this person? Yeah. And really starting paying attention to all that kind of stuff. And I started realizing that, hold on, man, I don't need a whole bag of friends and all these people. I just need the right people around me, you know? So I started gravitating more towards people who were open-minded and, and, and who were looking at like, you know, things like spirituality and just, you know, ways of living in harmony. And, and I was like, those were the conversations that I was always intrigued about. Anything that's spirit, that, that was spiritual, any kind of like esoteric school and, or anybody who was into, you know, like travel or like music or, you know, the, th- the things that just were just inspirational, you know, as opposed to just like complaining about stuff. Oh my God. Like I hate my job. Like, Oh my God, man, this thing is just a, like, there's people who would literally just call me just to do that. And so I started realizing about protect my energy. I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. Or if I choose to, I have a certain window that I allow, which is typically between the hours of like 11 and, and two, um, 11 AM, 2 PM, where I'll, I'll, I'll entertain those kind of calls. That's a, that's a big window. <laughs> I'll, I'll just leave that. So, you know what I mean? I'll be like, okay, fine. But anytime, like the first thing in the morning, I don't want to hear arguments. The last thing at night, I don't want to hear no arguments. And especially if you're not interested in, in solutions, you know what I mean? So, so just to argue, just to argue, because that's a lot of people get value in that. Right. So I started realizing about, yo, like the people that I'm around. And also my grandfather used to always say that this line, and I'm pretty sure in other cultures have similar um, sayings, which was, you know, um, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, the same was like, you know, look around, you know, your five closest friends, if, if they are not who you want to be, then you know what to do, you know, so to speak. So it's really that, that awareness and, and, you know, knowing that it's okay to, to grow apart from people, you know what I mean? Like there's, it's okay to love people at a distance. They don't have to be in your immediate circle, like, you know, but it, it, it's okay to understand that we're not on the same, on, on a different page, we're on a different page, but it doesn't mean that we have to totally disconnect. Maybe we only connect here. Maybe we connect and have, have, have coffee and talk about children because we're both parents and that's where, where, where we sit. And that's as far as it goes. And that's fine. You know, so it's really about knowing those boundaries and, and the levels of interaction. Like, how are you going to connect with this person if that person um, is someone that means, you know, something to you? Leadership. Leadership. Hmm. 
because definitely people look at you as a leader, like one hundred percent. It's I struggle with that word, you know. Like, um, I I know I'm I'm a leader, um, but I, I try not to like use that that word, um, you know. Like, I I think it's a word that that's that's given, you know. Like you said, like people will see me and they'll they'll say that, and then that that's fine. But I would never be like I'm a leader, <laughs> you know. But I I think why people see me as a leader because um i do have have a vision i do think of people's like best interests you know that i know like when i think of like my team and and why they trust me and why not because you know that if they come to me with an idea or an opinion i'll I'll consider it you know and i'll plug them in and and i'll also give them the credit for it too you know like i don't have any interest of taking credit for things that are not mine um you know because people i've heard a saying that like you know a good leader knows when to lead and knows when to follow Mm -hmm. and and i agree with that and and part of me with leadership, like I never wanted to be a be a leader because I I didn't really have any interest of being in the spotlight like that. Like, you know, like the one guy, like I'd rather be blended in with the people that you don't even know who the leader is. You know, that that's how I've always wanted to to, to be. And and the way how I lead, I think I guess like I lead through through love and not led through force. Like there's leaders who like to have this presence and it's like, whoa, man, I'm scared to, you know, you know, just scared. And, and, you know, like you see them and you just got to fall back. But then there's other leaders that are just so like, you know, they're, they they have that strength, but there's also that gentleness, that, that kindness and that calmness. And, and, and those are the kind of leaders that I've always gravitated towards and I've always wanted to become. And that's where where I look to towards for, for, for leadership. And plus I think leadership is, you know, again, like how do you empower others to be, be leaders as well? You know, a leadership is not dictatorship. You know, it's um, right. for me, it's, it's it's a collaboration. You know, I don't see a hierarchy, you know, like I, I might be the visionary. I'm, I may see things like in a broader perspective that most people don't. You know, I, I can admit to that. But but that doesn't mean that um, that, you know, there isn't value in, in what other people can bring to to the table. And, and plus, like, I think, you know, when 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 you create that kind of energy, um, you you create. Um, a certain level of, of intimacy and and a level where where people want to champion you and want to be um, with you and and support whatever you're doing. They trust your your leadership and your headship because they know that they're going to be supported, they're going to be valued, empowered, and and they're contributing to something greater than themselves. So so like my my, my leadership is definitely rooted in everything I do in community, um, in youth work, yeah. and I'm really big on, on on empowering because I feel like the more I can, I can empower than people around me like that, that energy is going to amplify me as well. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's kind of hard to um, take water from like an empty well, you know what I mean? So we, we all got to fill up each other. So we all have our own wells to, to build. And then that could be, you know, something greater. What I love about your, about your leadership, what I have to say is that you are always um, wanting to start conversation with people, even <laughs> like on your social media, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you'll, you'll post things that will allow people to really think and totally nothing like political or social and and that aspect of it, but just to really go within and and start conversation. I think that's so important because I think a lot of people just show up and just give their opinions and just want to just, you know. Yeah. 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 And I think it was like through COVID, I sort of really realized like that's when I really started. I mean, I've always been doing that, but I think since COVID, I've really been intentional. You know, that's how I started doing lives and podcasts and all these things because I'm realizing, okay, I, I do have a gift for creating conversations um, and I do have a gift for, for having difficult conversations, but in a way that's like inclusive and supportive and, and, you know, um, a way that people feel safe to, to share and to be vulnerable. Cause there is a lot of things that I, I post that, you know, I just throw a question out there and things that people share, it's, um, it, it goes deep and I feel honored that, that people feel safe with me to, to share that publicly, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I do get, you know, messages in my DM or whatever that people don't feel comfortable in sharing and stuff, but for those who, who share publicly, it's, um, it's cool. And, and, and I know that when, when you share in a vulnerable way there, there's a certain level of like healing and just a release that comes with that and also being heard. And cause I, what, what I love personally is when other people start chiming in and then it becomes this whole other conversation between like these people who don't even know each other, but now they're friends and, and, you know, finding ways to, to connect humanity has, has been very important for me, you know, and I, and I use humanity deliberately because it's not just limited to like race or culture or whatever, which these things are, are beautiful existences and whatnot. But like the bottom line for me is humanity. How do we connect? There's like fundamental things that connect us. And that, that's what I focus on. All these other things to me are just noise and distractions. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get down to the core of it, it's like we, we all desire the same thing. And, and I'll do whatever I, I can to, to help remind um, everybody about that. 
So last one, and I think this is huge, especially for women that are going to listen to this. It's going to be predominantly women that are going to listen and want to know more about how to communicate with a man. Oh my gosh. Uh, In short term, communication. What does communication mean to you? Let's just maybe start there. um, First thing that comes to mind as you say that is comprehension. Sometimes when when we think of like communication, that's just talking. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But comprehension is really like the understanding of what you're communicating. So that being said, um, when I think of communication, so for example, if I'm going to schools, like, and I've done workshops from kindergarten to high school, to university, to whatever, the way how I'm going to communicate to a kindergartner is not going to be the same way how I talk to a high school student or, you know, someone in university or some youth that are street involved. You know what I mean? So it's really about knowing the audience and knowing communication styles, yeah. You know, I think there's um, reactionary ways of communication and proactive ways of communication. Those are two things that are very important to think about, especially. Right. So, like, you know, sometimes with women's communication, um, I think sometimes it, it could be reactionary in a way. But I think there's a way to communicate that's also supportive. So instead of being like, well, you didn't take out the, the, the garbage or you haven't taken me out, out on a date or whatever, you know, a, a, a proactive way of communicating would, would be like, like, hey, there's um, this this event that's going on, you know, next next Tuesday. Like, what do you think about that? Maybe we can do something or or I don't know. Like, there's just another way to have like the, the, the conversation that's a little more inclusive that doesn't get right. people on the on the defense. You know what I mean? Because oftentimes, like, you know, women want men to be more, um, you know, more with the communication and, and showing emotions and stuff. But sometimes the challenge is from a male's perspective is that and, you know, depends on the experience is that when we do become, you know, emotional and expressive, we get shut down. Like, it's almost like women aren't even ready to receive that. It's like you're so emotional and, and this and that and, and expressing the thing because maybe it's not expressing the way how how the woman wants to receive it but it is a type of expression and it's really about not being reactionary but being proactive to being like okay and also to be able to read between the lines you know what i mean because sometimes we'll as men will say things and then there's you know it's like what we really mean me, me to say is something else you know um so i think like the best advice i can think of is really to really study reactionary ways of communicating and then proactive ways. And you can literally just go on, on Google and, and search that and find different um, proactive ways of communicating. But yeah, comprehension is, is the key. And I think that goes back to the inner child work as well. And I guess for a lot of women be like how they saw their, their fathers or their male figures growing oh my up gosh. communicate. And that's, and that's what they're, that's what they're used to. Right. Or that's what they don't I'll want. Tell you, I'll tell you this straight up, like, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm so invested and involved in, in my daughters mm-hmm. and almost like any any kid that I come across, with, especially like young females. And, and I know they look to me in a certain way because that is like probably the number one like story that I've heard from anybody, whether women that I've dated or just friends that I've been with. Like it's goes back down to the relationship with the father, you know, yeah. like a lot of it, you know, and how it shows up like it's to the point where I can interact with somebody and I can tell if their father was involved in, in their life. Like yeah. it's deep. Like there's a certain way that a woman carries himself. Like you can tell if they had like a really strong relationship and you know, and then, and then there's like the ones where you can tell like, okay, they were raised by a bunch of brothers or if they were like their, 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 their father's only daughter. And, and you know, he was like a strong individual, then that yeah. was really going to show up in that way too. Um, so I started realizing like the, the importance of that, because I think from whether it's absent fathers or, or that, or maybe um, emotionally unavailable fathers, that is 100% going to show up in relationship because that's when that whole chasing factor comes about where it's like, okay, well, please love me. Let me just, I'll do whatever you want. So like, I'll be the pretty girl. And then, and then when all the, the song and dance is done, you got it. Then it's like, you realize that there's a certain level of like authenticity that was not present or, you know, certain level of integrity that was compromised and, and then becomes this whole chasing thing. And then the guy, you know, has another response. And then it's like, well, I thought we were good. And now you want more from me. And, and then it becomes something else, but it's really to, to understand that. But I think it's beautiful if couples can, you know, have that kind of conversation to be like, yeah, you know what, like my father wasn't around in that way. And then, and then to really go back to like, well, what, what did you need as, as, um, as a young woman coming up? Like, what were the things that, that you, that you wanted or you needed, you know, um, maybe that looks like writing letters or something like that, you know, um, like that could even be an, uh, uh, an activity for, for couples. And I promise you that will create um, different levels of, of, of intimacy. Yeah, you know? So, yeah, yeah. So as we're coming to a close, is there anything you could take a couple of seconds? Is there anything mm. that is resonating with you? Any downloads that you're being called to share? <laughs> like that downloads. Um, yeah, um, I think what comes to mind is just um, 
remembering to be like patient with each other. We were all like going through like a fight, a war, like with our minds, then never mind like in the world and and how we show up and and what we have to do and all these different different variables, you know. So I think it's important to to understand that and and also that we are all at at different levels. Like there's places that we intersect, but knowing that yeah, there's going to be things that that we don't, and it's okay. But to to just really just be be mindful, to be you know compassionate, to be empathetic. I think in the context of relationships, what comes to mind is to um, to remember why you're you're in a relationship and and to know that it's a choice. You know, like the saying, like like don't fall in love, choose love. love you that. know what I mean? Like like choose it. You know, it's like like when I when I think about my partner, it's like I, I choose her. Like that's why I'm I'm here. You know what I mean? Like it's um so because I think like when when it comes to to that mindset, it, it changes things. You know, it changes the way how, how I look at it. You know, it, it brings a certain like authenticity, this assurity, and and knowing that I'm going to be doing things that are going to like like cultivate that that energy as opposed to just existing. It's like, well, I'm just in this relationship because I don't know. It's like whatever. Like and I was at a bar one day and we just started hanging out, and then now she's just two years later still here. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no disrespect to anybody that's going through that, but, but that there's still an opportunity for, for conversation and to be real, you know, to be like, you know, like I, I want, you know, wanting to, to know what's important to the person and what they're going through. So, so yeah, you know, just, um, you know, be compassionate, um, you know, think about comprehension, think about proactive ways of communicating and, and just knowing that, you know, we're, we're, we're all doing the best that, that we can with what we have and what we know yeah. and, and our experiences, you know, so that, that keeps me from being, taking things personal. So if someone reacts to me in a certain way, like, you know, slamming doors or, or, you know, cupboards because I left them open or whatever. I'm, I know that's, that's coming from other places. I'm, I'm just the outlet for, for the expression, but I know there's some stuff deeper. And then maybe that might mean, say, I'm going my partner and she's doing that. Not that she does that, but I'm just saying I've been in a situation where that is, you know, maybe that afterwards it'd be like, oh, like I've noticed there's some like frustrations. Like, can we talk about that now or maybe at another time? Oh, that's another thing, too. When women want to address certain things, right, the timing of it is important. Sometimes as men, we need like a, a little disclaimer. So don't come to a guy in the middle of his video games or, or doing something like we need to talk now. Like, no, no, don't do that to be like, it's better to just be like, hey. I know you're busy right now. Um, maybe in about an hour or so, there's some things that I would want to discuss and give a, a briefing, like kind of like a few agenda items, like so they know what to expect. Because there's no more of a panic thing where it's like, we need to talk. And it's just left at that. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. Give us a little disclaimer. And, you know, that would be helpful so we can mentally prepare and, and whatever, whatever. So, yeah. It's like when people post on, on Facebook, trigger warning or trigger post or something or other. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know. So and and we, that counts with mindfulness. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what can we expect from you in 2021? 2021. Um, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Hopefully you'll be, you know, just expanding into other places. I'm going to put out into the universe where, you know, we're doing stuff in schools here in Toronto, but I want to branch out to other provinces. I want to go Canada wide, you know, speak it into existence. 2021 will be launching my, my reason with logic podcast, um, which Actually, again, like started from like these like posts that I've been making, you know, online and whatnot and conversations. And I realized, okay, well, you know, I I can, you know, there's so many other topics that I want to um, discuss that I don't necessarily want to type. Like it's kind of a vibe thing. I want to talk about it. (laughs) You'd be such an incredible uh, podcast host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm excited for that. Like I have like an amazing lineup of really intriguing individuals. And and a lot of it is going to be focused on, again, like the inner work, um, a lot of like entrepreneur work, um, spiritual work, and and just like what we need as humanity to move forward. You know, I, I really want to amplify that message, that theme moving forward into the new year. And again, like a lot of people are talking about the age of Aquarius and this new feminine nurturing type energy that that's coming about. We're moving away from that toxic masculinity vibe that has been destructive and showed its ugly face for, for centuries. And now we're coming to a place of healing and abundance. So I really want to, you know, just ride that wave and, um, and see where it goes. You know, I'm just open to the possibility, you know, still connecting with amazing people like yourself and, and, and others. And, um, yeah, that, that's that, that's all I want. I just want to continue this vibe, you know, so, yeah. So where can people find you on social media? Where can people learn more about what you do still in from Africa? And 
Yeah, that totally, totally. Um, you can go to the Stolen from Africa website. So we have two. So stolenfromafrica.com is like the the merchandise, apparel, clothing. And then we have stolenfromafrica.org, which is um, our organization, um, which highlights more of our community works um, with youth and our partnerships and things of that nature. If you want to find me online, you can go to um, Logic416, that's L-O-G-I-K, 416. Um, and that's like my social media handle. So that's, that's Facebook, that's Instagram, that's Twitter, that's Pinterest, that's TikTok. That's, that's, it's all of it. So, so you, you can find me. Um, and yeah, man, definitely reach out if there's any, any questions, comments, you want to give me a shout out. I'm, I'm always open to um, connect with people because, you know, I really believe that we are a human family and the more we can connect, um, the more better it is for us and um, the young people of the future, because whether we like it or not, the youth are the future. And let's uh, make sure that they're equipped and understand that that love um, and connection is the way. Amazing. Thank you so, so much, Neil. This was so much fun. Yeah, it was. I appreciate that. that was a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're amazing. You're, you're, you're so easy to talk to. <laughs> I know I get that a lot. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you everyone for listening. And remember to share this episode with a goddess that is ready to rise. Mm-hmm.